everyone. Welcome to the Worship Artistry Podcast. My name is Jason Houtsma, and with me is Christina Kaslanka. Hi, Christina. How are you? I am doing splendidly. Splendidly? It's not a thousand degrees anymore. It's not. It is definitely fall here in Washington now. <laughs> Where it's freezing in the morning and about 70 degrees in the afternoon, which is perfect. Yep, but yep. then you're like, I don't know what to wear. Yeah, I've been I've been mountain biking really early in the morning. And you always get started and you're like really cold. And yes. you're like, I've made a huge mistake. Very crisp. But then at the end of it, you're you I can't great. believe it's September. No, I can't either. I've had some friends in town and they um, are used to this kind of weather. But they have been asking me, they're like, Christina, you're so busy all the time. Like, is this normal <laughs> for you? And I'm like, actually... Yes. <laughs> yes, actually, it is very normal. <laughs> I'm actually just trying to avoid you. Actually, if actually I'm just <laughs> trying to spend every moment that I can with you. No, uh-huh. I just, it's been a great time. How have you been? Good, good. I'm feeling, uh, there's kind of this thing that we do at my church every year, um, right around, it's usually, I guess, like, yeah, it's Labor Day, Labor Day weekend. And uh, we do uh, a listening Sunday. And so we go to Whatcom Falls Park instead of like the normal church gathering. And Which is just a park here in town. Yes, it's a, but it's a beautiful park. I mean, it's got these huge waterfalls. Yes. There's a lot of meandering trails. And so we are really intentional about just, you know, a bunch of people gather. And then we just kind of like talk about sometimes we'll do a song or two. And then it's like, okay, go wander and find silence and just uh, and just wait on God and see what he has to say. That's and so it's really, really interesting. Cool. Sometimes it's you know, people come back with a lot of like word pictures and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And for me, like, that is my, that is my God love language. Like nature is where I feel small and yeah. feel, uh, very connected and I, and, and very worshipful. I think, you know, um, I love worshiping and gatherings and all that kind of thing, but man, do I love to get away and just be silent. And yeah. so, yeah. So always coming off that I always feel good and uh and kind of like ready then to take on the fall yeah how do the your like kids and some of like the younger people how do they approach that service it's <laughs> a great question so uh so sometimes you know early on it's like you guys can go play on the playground you know but yeah you know it's like my boys now are 12 and 15 and you know my 15 year old uh not a huge fan of church right now but comes to that, you know, came to that and did great. Like he was just mm-hmm. like, yeah, like I think 15 year olds need that time. Like yeah. I know for myself, I very clearly remember the first time I was on a youth group retreat and they were just like, go wander the grounds. And mm-hmm. I was just like, this is where God is. Like it just, so cool. it was so meaningful to me. And so, you know, it was cool to see him kind of maybe not engage in the way that I would, but at the mm-hmm. same time, just go and spend time and find a spot. He's like, he's like, yeah, I have a spot I go to every year. And I just kind of sit there and it's do really that. Cool. And then my youngest, you know, it's, it's interesting that he's 12. And so I actually walk with him. So I don't quite get out of it. Everything that, uh, everybody else might get out of it, but, um, but you get, you get some quality time, right? Real quality time. Yeah. And really like we did, we do a lot of wondering, you know, it's just kind of like, man, I wonder, I wonder how long that tree has been there. Like, do you think God knew that that tree was going to fall? Like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, kind of little cool pictures. We actually had this, there was one point at which we went out and we found this tree that was kind of like had fallen across the swamp area. And for me, like it was just such a profound picture because he wanted to climb out on it. So he climbs way out and it kind of like drops under the brush, but you can still walk on it. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there watching him and, and he's like, it looks like you can't even get to me, but you can. Wow. And I just like had this thought about how often, 
you know, I feel like I'm somewhere, I'm working at something like, can God even get to me? Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, I, as Absolutely. the father, yeah. I'm watching him. I don't want to, I don't want to help him. I want him to learn. I want him to go through it, but it's like, I'm always there. Yeah. You know, and it's just a real cool picture. Very cool and picture. it's like, uh, yeah. So, so it's a different experience with the kids for sure. Very cool service. I've never heard of that happening. I mean, my, my church service is just a very different context, Yeah. yeah. but that's so very cool. Yeah, it's, it is, it really, it really is magical. And it kind of, it just reminds us too, that the church isn't this gathering in a building that it's like, no, the idea is that we're the church everywhere and we happen to gather, but that's cool. But we like to be outside. It's very similar to just this last weekend. We had uh, a teens camp at my church. Mm -hmm. So this is our like middle school, high schoolers. Um, and we did it right before school. Well, some of them already started school, but it's Labor Day weekend. So it's a good time to to leave for an extended amount of time. And um, in the mornings, we'd have devotional time. So mm-hmm. this is that we have them wake up at 7.30 and at 8 o'clock, their devotions before breakfast. So like no food in their system. So it's always a hit Perfect. or miss. Yeah, Perfect. it's, <laughs> it's a hit you or miss, you know. coffee, just kind of get them no, started? No, nope, they just, they're there. I'm surprised actually of how I never struggle with waking them up. They're all morning people. It how blows are, my how mind. How old are they? They're middle school and high schoolers. That doesn't make any sense. I know. It's I'm blessed with them. But <laughs> it was uh, our devotional time, one of the mornings. we So our whole uh, topic for the weekend was just about Holy Spirit and really diving into teaching about um, how he, he dwells in us and what that looks like, what that means, mm-hmm. how do we walk in the Spirit, how do we live a life, um, just abiding in that, you know? And... Uh, in the devotional time as well, we would spend, you know, just maybe 30 minutes just like talking through it, like going into scripture and uh, really teaching them of like, all right, and now we're going to go and spend time with with the Lord on our own. Like, and uh, we were in the forest also. So I, I think it looked very similar yeah. where we were like, hey, just go out, like spread out. Don't go very far. But let's just go like go read the word, like pick a couple chapters in the Gospels and like read and just spend time in nature, mm-hmm. like in prayer in and whatever that looks like for you. And it was really cool to hear stories afterwards, of yeah, like what, yeah. what they read, where they were led to, um, how they randomly wanted to read like a story. And then later on in the day, we started talking about that story and they were like, I just read that this right. morning. Um, and it was really cool. Well, yeah, it's, it's funny just culturally in the Pacific Northwest, you know, we joke about how our, our town is, you know, where we're located is the city of subdued excitement. Yes. You know, there's always a lot of, uh, everyone's kind of quiet, right? Mm-hmm. It just kind of more fits this area. But I just think it's so awesome when you go like, well, what did God say to you? Yeah. And all of a sudden people start just sharing, right? And you realize like, oh yeah, like God is talking. You might not be talking about it a ton. Mm-hmm. You might not be verbally expressing it or however, yeah. like, but that doesn't mean that like we're all here for a reason. Yeah. We're all here for a reason, like because we have experienced God in some way. Right. Yeah, and so absolutely. it's just kind of cool the way that works. So very cool. Well, speaking of kind of different church cultures and different mm-hmm. places, uh, we have Andrea Olson on the podcast yes. today. Andrea is, she is a, a worship song. She's a worship artist, mm-hmm. but she's also the leader of overflow worship. And, uh, and they, they, you'll hear the whole story, but really they're, they're located in Minnesota and really their heart is to equip small churches in their area, in their geographical mm-hmm. location. And they are kind of expanding out beyond that, but really just supporting, like churches supporting one another. I think there's yeah. a lot of times we kind of get in silos as churches and it's just really cool what she's doing. And she, her focus is, is on worship mm-hmm. and just equipping, you know, 
all like tons of churches in the area. And so we talk with her about getting that started, what they find important about that, as well as her own music and the music that, that has come out of that as well. So it's a great interview. So without further ado, Andrea Olson. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Andrea. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Jason. I'm honored to be here. Well, I'm uh, I'm excited because you are you 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 are you are not just an artist. You are uh, not that not the artists are just artists, but uh, you do more than that, right? Yeah. You 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 write and you and you sing music, but you also are uh, founder of Overflow Worship and like very involved in coaching and training worship leaders around the country. And so um, I can't wait to just hear your whole story. Excited to uh, mine you for wisdom. <laughs> so thank you for being here. Well, thanks for having me. I'm I'm excited to just get to know you a little bit more too. I'm excited about um, just the little that I know about worship artistry um, and just, you know, love what you guys are doing too for the church. It's, it's needed, you know, like the even just the little you were describing to me before we hit record, it's, it's so needed what you guys are doing. So it's awesome. <laughs> well, we just got to keep spreading the word, you know, it's, 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 it's funny how hard it is to get worship leaders to realize it's needed. Sometimes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. So, uh, so let's, so let's start with that. So you're a worship leader mm -hmm. and a, uh, and then you, you've gone around in coaching. So I wonder if maybe you could start out just kind of telling me a little bit about yourself, just, yeah how you got involved in worship and how that, how that grew, what, what has grown out of that for you? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think it, it, it's interesting as an adult looking back on things that have happened throughout my life, even, you know, in childhood. And I see the ways that God was writing my story, even from an early age. And, you know, now as an adult working with churches, working with worship leaders, it's interesting because my parents actually were worship leaders in our church and they, I didn't realize it at the time because I was pretty little, but they were uh, a part of the process of bringing our little church through the transition of like blending traditional and contemporary in, in the early nineties. Oh, I and, remember those days. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, just, and they were like, you know, trying to find like the latest, newest music and like start a band at the church and like finding people who would be willing to play. And, you know, do we know any drummers? Do we know, you know, like <laughs> this, it was so new and it's just fascinating to me that I got to watch that. And I got to watch my parents in that because now, you know, however many years later, that's a huge part of, of what I get to do. And so for me, it, it started then, but then when God really started to grow that in me is, um, after I, you know, was, was done with college and was married and, uh, my husband and I were in a church, he was the youth pastor and they asked me to, to be the worship leader. And it was this small, sweet church. And, you know, I began to notice that there was a desire for um, that people had to be on the worship team, especially young people. And so my husband being the youth pastor, you know, their par the kids' parents would be like, hey, you play piano, you sing, you're the worship leader. Would you want to, would you be willing to teach our kids to be on the worship team? And, and teaching has always been something that I've loved to do. At that point, I was teaching privately. And so, you know, I would just take them under my wing and like teach them how to read chords because nobody was really bridging that gap of, you know, classical to, how that translates on right, a right, right. platform. And, and so I just, you know, with the, the people that God put in front of me, I was just like, Hey, yeah, I could help you learn how to sing harmony or learn how to read a chord chart. And then all of a sudden, I guess 
other churches around the area started to hear that there was this girl <laughs> who was like training people. And so it was a very organic thing where they would just call me and say, Hey, would you be willing to work with our intern? Hey, would you be willing to, you know, come in and work with our vocalists or sing with our worship team? And at that point, I just felt like, you know, I was just saying yes to the thing that was in front of me. I didn't really see this big picture, this big story that God was writing, which probably is a good thing. I think I would have been super overwhelmed, <laughs> you know, <laughs> if he would have said, this is what, you know, I'm, I'm calling you to step into. And, you know, all the while I was, you know, writing music and releasing music and not really seeing the, the, the bridge between those two. And, and then in 2014, um, the Lord just put it on my heart to have a conference. And for all these people that I had met, these churches, these worship teams, and these people that I had met to just invite them all to come to like a training central just for a weekend. And, you know, I was like, okay, I can do one. Like I'll do one and then I'll just be like, check. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm sure the Lord was kind of, you know, smiling because it, it was so clear to me after that first conference that that there was something inside of me that just came alive. And and it was it was just so clear that he was beginning something new. And so that really was like the official birth of Overflow Worship. It was really just the Overflow Worship Conference. But since then, it has grown into a, a ministry that uh, serves and supports worship leaders and their teams in the local church volunteer-supported context. Mm -hmm. And that is exactly who, you know, it sounds like you guys serve too, right? It's like, <laughs> right, the, those are our people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so um, what, what I love to do is just equip people with tools that help them know that they can thrive with what they have where they are. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just, just getting to come alongside of people and empower them with, you know, encouragement, but, or training like through a conference or just saying like, Hey, we don't have that resource, but you know, there's this guy named Jason at worship artistry. They have this resource. Like you should go check that out. And just kind of being like a champion of, of worship leaders and, uh, and their teams. And then the, the personal component is then you know, these teams come to our conference and then I get to go in if they invite me into their church and say, hey, how can we apply this to your context? You know, take these bigger concepts that you learned at the conference from all these, you know, worship leaders that came in from all over the country to speak and lead. And how do we then build a bridge and help you know what that looks like tailored to you? And so I just get to rub shoulders with these people and and hear what's going on in their churches and in their lives and, and lead worship with them. And it's just a been a really amazing thing that I definitely could not have fabricated myself. <laughs> um, so I know that God really has had his hands in the process. So what was, what were some of the things about that first conference that you were just like, Oh man, that just hit it out of the park. I think sometimes, you know, we, I, I've been to a number of conferences and they kind of all do different things. There's kind of messaging and all that kind of stuff. Like what were the things for you that you were like, Oh my gosh, like this was awesome. I want to keep doing this. Yeah. 
That's a great question. I would say one of the things that is super unique about our conference that I didn't realize until we were a few years in, but the first one, um, you know, we did it at the first one. So we have training for the whole team. So what we do is we bring in people who will speak to the guitar players. They'll speak to the bass players. They'll speak, you know, to the, to the drummers, to the vocalists. And we really try to provide a small environment for a workshop style. So, uh, of class. And so they actually have the space to ask their questions and not feel like timid because there's, you know, 500 people staring at them while they ask this question. I would be that girl that would be like, um, I'm good. I don't, <laughs> I don't that. It's fine. So uh, I think that because that's a part of who I am, I just wanted to provide this safe space for people. And so that was one of the things that I think was really special and unique because I saw people just come alive in the sessions right. and in the classes and just really like want to dig in and be hands on. Well, learn, learning together is just, I think we underestimate how much fun that is, right? Yeah. Like when everybody's kind of working towards those same goals and, and sometimes like, I love that there's those times for questions there too, because, you know, it's, it's so funny because, you know, we shoot videos and, and I've been a teacher for 20 years. So I'm like recording, I'm thinking about the students that I've had. Everything's been built out of like, okay, I've taught students for years on this. So I'm always kind of saying these certain things and it's like amazing still how important it is for somebody to sometimes ask the question and have it answered. It's like, I've said that in 30 videos, but this is what you needed to have. And that's where kind of that light bulb moment went on. And it's, uh, it's just awesome. So, so how did, what are some common things that you've, that you've then seen? Like, as you've kind of brought churches together, as you've traveled, as you've, as you've done things, um, you know, kind of gone into different churches, are there certain things that kind of carry across everybody, you know, like, kind yeah. of like, oh, churches often really, if they would just do this thing different, or if they would just approach it this way instead of this way, it would make a huge difference. Like, are there things that you see that are common across a lot of churches? Yeah, I would say the, the one thing that just, pops into my mind right off the bat is this, that there is a great need for establishing foundations from the beginning. Mm -hmm. So a, a lot of the people that we work with, and this is something that we've kind of realized in the last year, is they're actually worship leaders who are either in a new position, like a new church, or like their previous worship leader just retired. And so they're, you know, stepping into it, or they're in a first time position. Like this is the first time I've ever done this. And maybe it's because, you know, they just graduated or because they are, you know, they've been at the church for a long time, but their pastor is like, I picked you. <laughs> yeah. right? You know how to play that chord. Yeah. Go exactly. run the team. <laughs> exactly. Well, and there exactly brings me to my point of like this, this misunderstanding about what it actually looks like to lay the foundation and to start with with a, a sturdy foundation underneath you. And I think for me, what I see the common thread is, I guess I see the people who do that really, really well. And it's mm -hmm. very noticeable. You know, it's like their their team of volunteers is thriving. It's, you know, maybe it doesn't matter size, but it's just you can tell like they're a thriving team. Mm -hmm. And there are things, systems in place that are efficient and all of these things. They have, you know, spiritual growth tools that they lean on and, and do together as a team. And then there's the teams that that don't. And it's not because they don't want to. 
right? It's not because they're just like, oh, I don't care. No, 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 not at all. It's because it's overwhelming. Like, where do I Mm -hmm. even start? And and so that's a, a common thing that I see either I see it being done and it's like, wow, I just want to tell that worship leader, like I see you and it's, I see all the hard work you're doing and it's amazing. And then the people who, who aren't, I, my heart and my goal is to come alongside of them and help them just start building from where they're at. Because as, as you know, you know, it's, it's like, you don't realize that you're on the path to burnout till it's like too late. (laughs) Right. Oh, that's never happened to me. I don't even know what you're talking about. Me neither. (laughs) I'm not speaking from experience, but from what I've heard. (laughs) Right. And so that, um, that is something that I I, I see a lot and especially in the last couple of years. And I just have such a heart for helping people see that like, it's, it's, I mean, it's not too late, but like there are things that you, that you can be doing that will, uh, just, help you thrive for the right. long term for the long haul. Well, and it's so interesting because it's, it's sometimes it's so like we get so caught up in, in certain points of it, right? We end up focusing on the things that we're maybe not so good at. Like I'm not the most organizational person. Everyone knows this about me, uh, but they, but, it, but I can lead and I can lead in these certain areas and then being able to lean on other people that can kind of like, Hey, can you help me with this? You know, not necessarily like forcing them to do it, but kind of just recognizing that because we, we spend so much time trying to fix our things that are broken, yeah. right? And it's like, and that takes way more energy than like working in the areas where we thrive and are are good. And like with worship teams, like time is such an issue, right? Like, like how many do you do you? Ever, so you were saying like, you, yeah, you have a lot of people who are volunteers or just kind of got thrown in this position. Um, we see that all the time as well. It's amazing how many emails that we get. So I just started. Uh, our worship pastor left, and I guess now I'm in charge. You know. Um, and, uh, but you know, I think sometimes like as worship pastors, we get the idea in our head that like everybody looks like Maverick city or everybody looks like, you know, this big, the, the stage and the lights and all the things. And it, you know, I think so much more often it's like, ah, oh, it's a guy on a guitar that he's trying to keep in tune. And, you know, like do you, with the people that you're working with, mm-hmm. what does success look like for that small that small church worship leader, like what, what are things that you want them to aim at and say like, Hey, you're doing a great job. If you, if this is happening, forget about all the other stuff, forget about how big this thing is. Like how do you, and you use the word context, mm-hmm. like how do you in your context really succeed? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think you're exactly right. It's like, we look outside of where, you know, we are and see, like you said, all the things that we're doing wrong or all the things that we don't have. And, and there are so many amazing churches out there that God has, you know, put in a, in a place of like public eye, right. You know, Mm -hmm. like, like you said, we see these churches that we see the amazing things that they're doing and songs that they're writing and all that. And they're a blessing to the church body. But the reality is, you know, 95% of churches in America are under 500 people. And, you know, so it's like, and pretty, I mean, most of them actually are probably more like under 250. And so we're dealing with the, that's the people that, that we serve. And so, you know, I would say, here's the, here's some things that, that would be a helpful measure for success. Number one would be, first of all, you know, if you have 
a team of people who, and I'm not talking about team as in size, like, oh, it has to be at least 10 or at least 20 or you're failing. No, 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 no. If you have a team of people that are bought into the vision with you, then that is, that is gold. It's amazing. And you are, you are succeeding in that. And I don't care if it's one person, like, I don't care if it's the senior pastor and you, (laughs) like, (laughs) you know, you like, you've got to start somewhere. And I would say that just pause and look around you, right? Pause and look around at what God has given you and what he has placed in your care and within your church and your community. And just know that there is purpose in your placement. There's purpose in the, in the calling that God has placed on your life. And just because it's not maybe in a, in a really, you know, big public eye doesn't mean that you're doing something wrong. And so I I guess pause and look around you at the people that God has placed with you and then start building from there. And to me, like just acknowledging like, Hey, you know what? I've got Johnny over there and I know that he's going to push the faders really well, (laughs) you know, back at the soundboard and that like celebrate those things. I say that often. So that's kind of, um, um, a long answer for the first tip to success, but it really boils down to just like celebrate where you're starting, celebrate yeah. your beginnings, uh, because the chances are that if you kind of put your, your blinders on and stop looking outside for just a minute and look at where God has placed you and what you have, you're going to see a lot of things that you can be grateful for and a lot of amazing things that, that God has already given you. So that's kind of the, the first thing. It's like a mental, emotional, like reset, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, and then I would say, you know, another Another like measure for success for you is you see growth in your team spiritually. You know, I I feel like that is something that sometimes we overlook because, you know, we're working with volunteers, right? So Mm -hmm. it's not like we want to be like, well, hey, and by the way, if you're on the team, you're required to come to this like three hour discipleship thing and which isn't, (laughs) isn't bad, but the reality is you're probably going to get people who are like, I can't, I can't do that, you know? And, and so I would say if, but if you see growth in your team spiritually, that is huge because you never know. I, I tell people this all the time. You never know like who you're sewing into. There's this one girl who like I started teaching voice lessons to when she was like 14. And, and then I heard that she played guitar and then I heard her play guitar. And I was like, who are you? Like what, who plays guitar like that when they're 14? And, and they, and so then I was like, Hey, would you ever want to like play on the worship team. Like, I think you could do it. And she was real shy and was like, okay, you know, and then, you know, here we are like 10, 13, 13 years later. And she is the worship director at the church that we used to, that we used to be at before we moved. And it's like, wow. I mean that God just used that small thing that I didn't think was a big thing. I was just like, well, she's really helping me out. Like, <laughs> she's like, <laughs> like, and I can, I can encourage her and like, you know, I can, I can help her along in her journey, but you just never know who you're sewing into. And the, the wide reach that you may have, even though you feel like you are in like a small place, 
Uh, it's just that comes back to that not despising our small beginnings or where we are because we just don't know. We just don't know what God is doing. Um, and so I just encourage you like, hey, if you're sowing into your team and you see them growing spiritually, that's huge. That is just such a huge thing that you can sit back and say like, okay, I feel really good about this. Like I am, I see growth in my team and they're, you know, like leaning in and leading with more strength and with more confidence that's just such a huge thing. So I would say those are kind of the first two. And again, they're, they're not like skills based, right. Mm -hmm. Um, but they, they're so key. And that's really where I land a lot of the time is on the, like the spiritual and the leadership side, because we, we have to, um, you know, have those, those foundations before, you know, we can really talk in depth about this, the skill, um, And I guess the third thing would be, you know what, you can, if you can look around and say, you know what, they don't need me up here. Mm -hmm. I would say that is a great mark of success because that means you're sowing into other people. That means that you're saying, Hey, you know, this gal over here, she's got a great voice. I'm going to start to, you know, pour into her and give her opportunity to lead when we feel like she's ready. And, and then all of a sudden you have empowered people with the giftings that God has given them. Cause I think the mark of a great leader is one who knows what they're really good at and is okay to say what they're not. Cause worship leaders, here's like a newsflash. You don't have to be good at everything and you can't <laughs> be right. Like right. you can't, you can't know all things about everything you need to like know enough to lead well, (laughs) right? (laughs) But you, but there are going to be things that you're not good at and that's okay. It's okay. Pray for God to bring people in your, your path and in your sphere that you can empower. So if they don't need you up there because there's someone else who can also do great, that's pretty cool. That means you're empowering people. And I think that's powerful. Yeah. That's it. Those are all such good things. I think it's, if we could all just start, like you said, like foundationally start there, I think we would all be in a, we'd, we'd be in a great space and really major on the majors and kind of minor on the minors, you know? So you're, uh, so you're, you, you know, you talked about beginning and foundations and, and getting started. You're actually launching an album tomorrow. Yes. So, uh, which actually we should say the date cause yeah, because this is going to come out later. So you're <laughs> you're about to launch an album, yeah. And uh, by the time this podcast is out, you will have launched it. So uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about how you've bridged? You know, you were saying how you were kind of making music and how you were doing, you know, worship, and then like it seems like you found a way to bridge that. Mm-hmm. How how has how has that happened? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I released an, uh, album in 2014 and then I didn't release anything until 2020 because I just was pouring into overflow worship and also, you know, three children and, you know, all the, the, uh, just, you know, does that take, you, does that take some time? Does that yeah. kind of derail things sometimes? Right. right. Pouring into my family and, you know, <laughs> pulling and all those things. Um, but I, I feel like what happened on that journey is God grew my love for the local church. And I just was fascinated and I still am by all the stories that I get to hear and the people that I get to meet that are serving in churches all over the world, uh, through technology, but then also like just the people that are more local that I get to work with face to face that, you know, 
they're, God is moving in their churches. And it's just never, never ceases to amaze me how it's like God's doing unique things all over. And so it's like he started to spark this desire to write more again, um, you know, in 2019. And so I started, you know, going to Nashville and starting to do the co-writing thing and, you know, just trying to uh, pen these stories to paper. And I feel like that's really been the the bridge is that there's not only stories in my life, but there's stories in these other churches and worship leaders' lives or the 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 things that they're saying, or as Paul Balash always says, that we're penning the prayers of the people, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, what it what an honor, you know? And um, I just hope and pray that like I I do it well and do, you know, and 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 deliver these stories well. And so my, my heart has just grown for the church and to give the church songs to sing that they feel like this is, this is a part of my story, you know, like they just resonate with it. And, and so that's been just a really cool part of the, the process. And so I started releasing singles in 2020 and sure COVID like let's start releasing music like why not (laughs) are you are you in a home studio right now is that where you're where you're at there there you go that's what what better thing that was there to do I know once you had once you had a voice from you know recovering from COVID right right exactly exactly um and so I started releasing singles and then uh here at the start of 2022 it's just like really clear I've got all these songs all these um just stories and, and things that I want to deliver to the church and I want to deliver to the people of God. And so we started working on this project and the whole theme of the project is meant to give people an opportunity to pause in his presence and to, to Selah. I love that the passion translation doesn't say Selah. It says pause in his presence. And, and so the songs, a lot of them are based on different Psalms and and some of them are just amazing corporate anthems. And some of them are songs where you just sit and you just listen and have the word of God sung over you. But the goal is that, you know, of course the songs stand alone, but that somebody would be able to sit down and listen to the seven songs from start to finish and just like have a breath mm-hmm. because it's been a wild season, right? It's been mm-hmm. crazy for for people. The world is, um, there's just a lot of hard things and a lot of worship leaders and pastors are tired. And, um, you know, the people of God, I mean, everybody we're, we're tired. And so I wanted to provide that reprieve, that refreshment, uh, uh, through, through these songs. And so I'm, I'm really excited to share them. So what's the, what's the process for you? Because, um, you know, I think a lot of times, I, I mean, like I know for myself, right. I write songs all the time. I lead them at my church. But I don't have an, like, that's the end goal in a sense. It's like, yeah, I just want to write this for you. And sometimes there's that, like, what made you decide, like, okay, I'm writing this song and, I, and it, I want to get it out there. I want to, like, I actually want to create something with it. And, like, how did you envision that? And how are you going about kind of taking this thing that you've made now, besides going on this podcast? Yeah, uh, <laughs> like going out there and saying and going like, okay, God, I want you to do something with this. And how do I get it out of the, the little closet I made it in? And how do I bring it yeah. to more people? What's that? Pro- what's that like for you? Yeah. So I think from like a starting from the logistical standpoint of like writing the songs, I feel like doing the doing 
all the process of co-writing was really helpful and always is really helpful because you get a, a more objective view for, at the songs and like a more objective take on them. And then people who I know are, you know, more experienced than me, they are smarter than me, can come alongside and just say, hey, like that's that's a really special song or, you know this one, this one was more just for me or more just for, you know, a, a different purpose. And so I think logistically, uh, practically speaking, that's probably where it started. It's just like, I, I just wanted to write. I was like, I just want to like get these songs out and grow in my craft as a songwriter and be stretched and pushed. Cause I mean, to be honest with you, like when I walk into a co-write room with like people that I've not met before, or I don't know very well, I'm like, in my head big time. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> so scary, <laughs> you know? Um, but I know that it's, it's good because it's a, it's a learning process. And, and then at the end you walk away with a, a song that is just more than you ever imagined it could be because you had more creative minds on it. So, so there's that kind of practical aspect of it. And then it was really for me where it starts is wanting to share these with our community at overflow worship, you know, and just mm -hmm. like, Hey, I, I feel like their voices are in these songs. And so it's kind of like, you know, if I wrote a song, like, like, you know, I would want to, if I wrote a song for my mom, I would want to like share it with her, you know? And so feeling like there's, there's voices and stories, uh, so to speak inside these songs that I want to share them with our community at Overflow Worship. And, and then as I've, I've prayed about it, it's, it was like, it was just really clear in my heart, to be honest with you, that the Lord was like, it's, it's time, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think there's such a, this, this project has a part of me in it that, me in it that I've never like, um, given before. I don't think like, I, it's just, it's been such a, uh, amazing and, and hard process of just pouring myself into this project. And so I, um, just feel like there's this, this aspect of it that I, I, I knew, like, I just knew this is what God wanted me to do is to share it with people. And so, um, I feel like there's something in each one of the songs that, that can not only minister to the community of overflow worship, but also to, to other people as well. And so I guess that's, that's a little bit of, um, of the, the heart behind it and, you know, practically, and then, and then spiritually just in my prayer life, feeling like God was saying, yeah, you know what? It's, it's time. I've put these songs in your heart, the story kind of weaving this story of, of Psalms and prayers. And, and I, I want you to just trust me. That's what I feel like the Lord is saying through this, like, trust me and, and be okay with whatever happens because he's the only one who can give life to, to a song. He's the only one, you know, as long as we work as hard as we possibly can, right. And do what we know to do. Um, it, the, the rest is up to him. And so I think the ask of him was to just that I would trust him in that. Well, that's amazing. So, so I know they're all your children, but if you like, what are some of your favorite moments on the record? I think every musician, you know, when we work on projects, when we work on songs, like there's either a lyric or a musical thing that like stands out and you're like, oh, you know, when that, when that bass comes in right here, or this like cool, weird thing we did in the studio, you know, like what are some of your favorite moments on the record? Yeah. Okay. 
Well, the first favorite is uh, actually the the string arrangements. So I am a classically trained pianist. I studied at a conservatory for college piano performance, and I have always been so moved by like orchestra and just by the power that is in that. And so uh, I I worked with an arranger. His name is McKendry Tucker, and he is one of the most talented people I've ever met. And uh, he put together uh, some some arrangements for a few of the songs. One of them is called Good Shepherd. And there's just this warmth in the swelling of the strings that every time it, it comes in, it's just like, makes me smile. I just love it. And I think that it really adds to just the, the heart behind it of like giving people that peaceful atmosphere to pause Mm -hmm. and presence. And so that, that I would say is the first one. And the other one with the strings is this arrangement of blessed assurance. So the album ends with blessed assurance. And then there is an instrumental closing the album because I wanted to give people an opportunity to like digest what they had just heard and like deep breath. Right. And blessed assurance is just such a special song to me. I have, um, hymns are like deep in my, in my roots. Um, my grandma is just this amazing piano player who can play any hymn in any key at any given moment. And I grew up hearing that from her. And even now in her later stages of dementia, like she still plays like a dream. It's just like, deep. it's amazing. <laughs> awesome. It's so cool. And so I wanted to kind of bring this beautiful, rich hymn back to life in a, in a new way, in a way that I'd never heard it done before. I just heard it inside my head. And so I, I just sat down with my piano and kind of um, plunked out these unique chords and I sent them to McKendry with a scratch vocal. And he basically orchestrated the whole thing around my voice. Mm-hmm. And it just, I mean, it, it's one of those things that w- it's, I just, I love how it grows through the end and it's very unique. It's very, um, very like powerful in the instrumentation. And so I would say that's, that's one of my favorite songs just because I love to rearrange hymns. Like that's always something that I've, I've loved to do. And so it's a really unique one and a really special way to, to, um, close out the album. So I would say that's kind of a long answer of just like all the strings. I just love it. <laughs> <Just a string laughs> we got real people, like real people playing real strings and it's just beautiful. Um, and then I would say uh, the other thing is probably just um, the the first track, What a God You Are, is one of my favorites. I wrote it with uh, Meredith Andrews and one of my good friends, Melanie Waldman, and it was just this really special time of just sitting in Melanie's um, apartment and just the three of us with the keyboard and the acoustics. <laughs> and um, and it's just a, a really powerful song. And I love like the strength that came together with it in the studio, like all the instrumentation added in, it just has, has power. And so it's fun to see it come to life from that early stage to, to what it is now. So those are a few things. Well, it's awesome when you can feel so good about it. You know, I always feel like when you're recording, there's like this tension of like, is this going to be everything it is in my head? And it sounds like you kind of like achieve that and more like it's, it's awesome. I can't wait to listen to it. Thank you. I, I feel so grateful for the people that God's put in my path to help bring it to life, you know, and to like, um, 
mine the ideas out of my head and then, you know, make them better than I, I thought that they could be. And, um, I worked with this amazing vocal coach. Uh, her name is Jan Smith. And I feel like she just was able to breathe a new confidence into me and, um, pull things out of me that I knew I could do, but I maybe didn't believe that I could. Um, and so I just, I'm so grateful. I feel like it, it wouldn't be what it is without all those people. And I just kind of look around. And I'm like, wow, God, that was so kind of you to allow me to work with these people who like love the Lord and like love the church and love the mission and vision of the project because, uh, that's, that's what I really wanted. You know, I didn't want to just crank out music for cranking out music. I wanted right. to, I wanted to, to work with people who aligned with the, the vision and to also, um, just make something really special. That is an encouragement to people. Very cool. Well, I can't wait to listen to, it. I will have listened to it by the time, <laughs> uh, this podcast comes out. So I'm looking, I'm looking forward to talking all about it in the future. Um, Andrea, thank you so much for taking the time and like sharing your life and sharing your some of your story uh, with us. I think it's it's always encouraging to hear kind of where things come from and and the things that we learn along the way. And the more that we can share those things, it's just it's just just what this is all about. It's way it's it's way fun. So I can't wait to listen to the record. Sounds mm -hmm. like it's going to be awesome. And uh, thank you for taking the time with us. Thank you so much for having me, Jason. It was really great to chat with you today. <laughs> Man, I really liked her heart. I know. I think there's something about, I think when you get outside of the, like the, the cultural industry that is worship. Yes. Right. The things that we see on Instagram and mm -hmm. all like the, all the stuff. All the show and lights and glitz and glamour. Right. Which, like, <laughs> which like, I don't have a problem with. I yeah. understand that when you videotape things, you want them to look good. Yeah. Totally get that. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I think when you really kind of get around local worship leaders, it's just a very different picture Absolutely. of what they're dealing yeah. with. And I think we make a huge mistake when we decide that this is what, like, we're trying to get to this goal or we're yeah. trying to serve this kind of church and instead just go, how do we help you? Yeah. How do we, how do we, how do we get underneath you and lift you up to do what God has called you to do, which might not be this thing over here yeah. that... I feel like all of the world is telling me exactly. I'm supposed to aspire to. Yeah. I've been uh, surrounded by a couple of friends from uh, the Netherlands recently, and they've been challenging my thinking because they come from a very different environment in terms of church, mm -hmm. where it's either no one goes to church or it's very traditional. And so it's just very, very different. And they've been challenging me and even like, well, Christina, what if you you don't come to church? Like, can your church just worship on their own? Like, why couldn't they? Mm -hmm. Like, why do you feel like you have to be there? Mm -hmm. um, like, can't, couldn't church just happen with, because worship isn't a band. So right. couldn't the people just sing on their own? Like, and they would ask me these questions and I'm like, I mean, technically, yeah, you're right. But I was like, I can't even imagine that happening. Like, I almost like can't let myself try that, mm -hmm. you know? But it, it's just been such an interesting conversation but it, it just speaks to how worship is just so different in every different context in church and community and country and culture right. and, and everything. Well, it's, it's funny. I will say, you know, I helped plant this church mosaic like 15 years ago. Not the big mosaic. The small little Your one in Bellingham. Little My yeah. little mosaic. Yeah. A little tiny mosaic. <laughs> um, 
And it's funny, you know, it really came out of asking a lot of those questions. It's mm-hmm. like, what is following Jesus and what is this cultural thing that we're taught? And uh, I will say that we've done a, asked a lot of hard questions and, in, and we were very much about like the church is not a building. You know, it doesn't need to be about this gathering. It doesn't need to be these things. But I'll tell you what, gathering is really important. Being with other believers, especially in a very secular environment, yes. is very important. Yeah. And, you know, we live in a very secular environment. I'm sh- I, I know that, you know, Europe is, is very secular as well. Um, and, you know, it presents different challenges. I think if you go to a, a church, a place in the Bible Belt, it's just going to be a different challenge, Absolutely. right? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, but I do think that I, that was one thing that out of all the things that we kind of like took and put away... It looks very different than a lot of other churches, but at the same time, in a lot, a lot of ways, looks the same. But gathering together is still just like the main thing. Yeah, I don't, I don't make you. I'm not gonna make somebody feel guilty if they're not if they're not there. Mm-hmm. But I just know that I miss it. Yeah, you know, I get to like, oh, you know, like yeah, nobody's gonna be like, hey, where are you? Like, you need to be here at these ten different things. Yeah, it's more like how can you support the community? But at the same time, gathering together is just huge. So yeah. And Don't if, give that up. Yeah. And if you're in the Minnesota or sorry, yes, the Minnesota area. Yes. yes. Will, Wilmar. I don't Wilmar, know if I'm saying that. Yeah, Wilmar, Wil, Wilmer, Minnesota. Wilmar. Wilmer. We don't, don't know, know but it. if you're in the Minnesota area, be sure to check out Overflow Worship and the conference that they're having. I believe it's an annual conference. Yep, yep, every um, year. And go see um, Andrea and her and her whole team and um, get served. Get yeah. loved on us. <laughs> that's, that sounds, I feel like that's something out of like a social, like get served. Get served. Is that like something out of hip hop? That's, <laughs> I know I sound incredibly white saying that, but this, that sounds like. Get served. Sounds negative. Bro. It's, yeah. It sounds like something. Maybe I shouldn't so say that. So maybe don't get served. Yeah. But maybe go be served by what they're doing. Yes. And at the same time, find what you can do. Yes. So that is October 8th and 9th. I believe so. Yep, and uh, great time of worship. Yeah, and you get to—it's you know—it's small enough. Like you get to you get to be with the people that you're that are putting it on, which yes. is really cool. Yeah, and I will and we'll add the uh, the link in our bio on this podcast to go check it out. Awesome. And while you're on the interwebs, be sure to check <laughs> us out on worshipartistry.com. And if you haven't already, start a free trial. Check us out. Learn over 600 different songs um, on whatever instrument. And if you don't even play an instrument, start learning. I'm learning right now. Yep. We talked about this last time. <laughs> I'm being forced to learn how to play guitar. But okay, you nobody, can... nobody's forcing you. <laughs> you, don't, you make it sound it's like I'm pleasure. forcing you. It's my pleasure. You make it sound like I'm doing it. Like, who's forcing you? No one's forcing me. Okay, well, this is my pleasure. This was your idea. To learn. It is. It was my idea. But join me <laughs> in learning, and we'll see you next time. Get served. (laughs) Good one. (laughs) Get served. That's good. That was awesome. Just go and get served.